DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Samson Nakua is scheduled to make his weekly appearance with us here in just a few minutes on The Zone. And then we'll get Nick Ford later this morning, Utah Center. He's going to join us at 8.30. Had a little change to his schedule. Normally he's here at 7.30. PK, the rivalry game is in the books, and the Cougars have broken the streak. You always say it's if you can beat somebody seven times in ten years in a conference, that's great. The Utes have won nine out of ten. I suspect it doesn't feel great right now. No. It does for the Cougars, baby. They broke it. Baby. I, I think it's a sign of BYU's maturity in, the, in its program. When you look at its program, it's to a level now where expected to be competitive in virtually every game. Coach Sataki's in his sixth year. He's got the players that he recruited way back when. And the coaching staff is matured together. Jaron Hall's in his fourth year in the program. These are things that lead to success. If you don't have success at this point, then you will not have a job at this point because you are expected to be competitive and to win your fair share of games at this point. And BYU dominated that game. There's no question about it. They absolutely did. Kyle Whittingham, as he normally does, spoke very appropriately after the game, saying, I would have bet my house that we would have controlled the line of scrimmage, and we did not. Not on either side of the ball. Both sides of the ball got beat. And he's got multiple houses, I can tell you that. He <laughs> lost them all. And they're not worth much, apparently. They are. <laughs> I thought so, too. Well, I've been to one. I haven't been to the other. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when he said that. So... I think he was making a point. He's very good at uh, explaining what the reasons were, win or lose. And he doesn't usually pull any punches. And I don't think he did there either in his post-game Zoom session, which I listened to and then flicked over to the Cougars when uh, the Utes were all done. And so I thought he outlined it perfectly. And this is a sign for me, as I see it, of BYU's maturity as a program. You've got a sixth-year coach. Obviously, he's going to be better than he was in his first year. It's the way it is in virtually every business. And the coaching staff being together and the players knowing. You know, Jaron Hall hasn't played a whole lot, but he's been around Aaron Roderick four years, going on four years. So there comes a time when you have to get out there on the, on the field. And I could tell you, speaking with coaches after, later, beyond Zoom, they're very, very confident. They like their chances to the point where they were thinking, yeah, we are absolutely going to win. It wasn't quite that level, but it was close. And they showed it. They showed it. They absolutely did. You have to credit them. They played very, very well. No turnovers again. By Hall, nobody else. I don't think anybody else coughed it up that I can recall. No, they, so that's two games in a row now that they've protected the ball, and that goes a long way towards helping. Defense got in the faces of uh, the Utes guys. Uh, what's his face? Charlie B didn't have much time. I thought he was very average, which is I had a wait-and-see approach on him anyway. I was not guaranteeing. I don't care if he threw for 5 trillion yards in some crappy Big 12 defensive conference. And I don't care what he did in the spring game, and I don't care what he did against Weber. He didn't do a whole lot in this time. He's, and it's not like the season is over by any stretch. You got plenty. The way well, I look at their schedule, they got maybe one game that I'm thinking is a sure loss. That's it. The Oregon game. Right now. Yeah. As right now. USC looked awfully mediocre themselves. I mean, they can lose three or four games. But right now, 
looking like one game would be very difficult to win. That's it. Except the way they played, every game would also... You, you can get beat. I mean, if you get beat on the offensive line, the defensive line, you lose the turnover battle, and you lose the third down battle decisively. I mean, 2 of 9 is awful offensively. 11 of 19 is awful defensively. You can lose a lot of games playing like that. Uh, yeah, but they don't play a lot of good competition. Yeah. Uh, at worst, they're going to go 8 and 4. Well, that's why Kyle said in his last press conference, you really have to wait four or five games to know did somebody win because they're really good, or did somebody lose because they're really bad? And takes a few more games to figure that out. Samson Nakua joins us now, BYU wide receiver. Samson, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Well, not as good as you as you join us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. I guess the question for you, as the only guy who has a winning streak in the rivalry game walking off the field after that one, is it sweeter when you're wearing blue or is it sweeter when you're wearing red? I think it's sweeter uh, sweeter winning, man. Uh being undefeated, I don't think there's any feeling like it. Uh, it's honestly nice to probably be the only one around town saying that I can be undefeated in this uh, rivalry. And, uh, man, it just feels good to be a winner. <laughs> it, it seemed like the Cougars had a lot of confidence in that game, and a lot of people were talking about the swag that the Nakua brothers brought. Why do you think your team had confidence going into that game? Um, I think it starts from... Monday practice or from even right after the game after Arizona um, the confidence of coach of him having in um, the team and just believing in us and having fun and uh, just letting us play our game and uh, play with no tensity no anxiety no stress and just letting us play ball and uh, coach just does a great job of uh, letting us play our game and um, everyone just came out to ball. Okay, you can say there was no uh, n- none of that stress or tension or whatever and all that stuff, but man, that when you your celebration when you it looked like there was a ton of stress when you got that touchdown and you let it all out. <laughs> yeah, there was there, man, there was a lot built up from uh, over the years and stuff, and uh, I don't know just to score against you know your old team like that and uh, in a game like that in a situation like that, man. There's no really other feeling. It, it beats a feeling even walking out uh, in the stadium that in the beginning of that game. Um, just it was unreal, and I had to let it out. You, you see me rip my helmet off. I seen uh, I seen the video of Puka sprinting over there, socking me in my chest three times. <laughs> I got a bruise sternum now from that kid, but man, it, it felt good to let it all out. <laughs> Afterward, Coach Whittingham said that he would have bet his house that Utah would have controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides, but it wasn't. That was obviously, it was BYU. I don't want to ask you if you're surprised by it, because you're probably going to say no, but how impressed by it were you? Um, I'm impressed by the whole team, honestly, um, with, especially with the O-line and D-line. Um, they just listened to Kalani and believed in our system and believed in our schemes that it would work and. uh when it wasn't working, we just stuck with our fundamentals and believed that it will work, and we stuck with it. And uh, it, it was just a beautiful thing to see our, our, our run game and um, our D-line stop their run game. And it, it was just a beautiful thing to see the work, uh, work up at the you know the line of scrimmage. Samson Nakua joining us, BYU wide receiver. I'm curious since you've been in both programs, is there a wide receiver's 
coach differently, talk to differently. We realize Utah's had a coaching change at the wide receiver position because the Utah wide receivers continue, and this happened when you were there, continue to not make simple plays, catch the ball, drops, bite them. A guy steps out of bounds when the sideline is right there and doesn't move all night long and gets flagged for it. I mean, is it a confidence issue? Can you put your finger on it? Have you seen something different being, being on both teams now? I think it starts within yourself. Um, once you have that little bit of doubt, um, then it starts, that doubt just starts rolling with everything. Um, then you start second questioning whether you know the play or not, whether you know your route or where you have to block. Um, um, it always just starts within uh, self-confidence. And uh, once you start losing that in yourself, then, I mean, you step onto that game, you're overthinking everything, you're scared, you're playing scared, playing, playing slow. And, um, Sometimes I think that's a big thing, and honestly, that night it looked like a little bit of that. But I'm not sure. I know being in that receiver core, those all those guys are playmakers. I know they're big time playmakers, and it just seems Saturday night was not their night. The schedule goes on, and it was a big emotional win. Fans stormed the field. We all saw all that stuff. How do you put that behind you now? Because you got a whole bunch of games. You got another Pac-12 team coming up this week. Uh, I think it's an easy win to put behind us. Um, I think that game is just another game to us um, for what we have planned for this year. Um, we have to focus on this next game. Um, we want to do big things this year. We want to show everyone that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke, that we can do the same thing. And uh, it, it starts with this game again. Uh, we, we knocked out two Pac-12 teams already. Let's not knock out one more Pac-12 team and then move into regular season and show everyone what we can do. Samson Nakua joining us, BYU wide receiver. Uh, is there a lot of stuff in the passing game we haven't seen yet? The passing game numbers weren't huge. On the other hand, you led the whole game, so you didn't have to throw the ball. And I mean, to turn an old quote, I guess it's, you know, win by nine, not by 16. So you didn't have to do all of that. Is there a lot we haven't seen yet? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot we haven't seen. I mean, like you said, we didn't need to throw the ball too much. We didn't have to open up our playbook like that. Um, our run game was killing it. Our pass game is doing good. Uh, there's still a lot more for us to clean up and uh, learn a little more details and get um, some things uh, cleaned up uh, for offense. But they're nowhere close how we open up our offensive playbook. And uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing as we keep uh, getting the team uh, flowing and uh, getting things rolling. You find it a little funny. You played all those years at Utah. You go to BYU. And the first three games at BYU, you're playing the same teams that you played when you're at Utah. <laughs> it's honestly so nice. It feels like another day at practice. It feels like I've been doing this all every day of my life. So, like, being able to step out against Utah, especially, it felt like a day at practice. I've been playing against those guys five years of my life, four years of my life. I was like, bro, this is another day of practice. Like, ain't no one I told everyone when we were walking out there, I was like, hey, man, if you're scared, go to church. <laughs> Take your butt to church right now because this is a day of practice for us, man. This is just for, for us to go out and have fun and play some ball. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so what can you tell your teammates about Arizona State just because you've, you've seen them every year? What do you know about them that's basic that never changes? I know it's going to be a dogfight. I'm playing up a – over by Utah, I know playing against Arizona State was always a defensive war. Um, both teams are, I think, the most physical in the Pac-12 by far. And uh, Arizona State's offense is looking uh, nice. Defensively, defensively, they're looking nice. And um, I think it's the same mentality as last week. Come out prepared to win. Uh, come out hard. But uh, 
play relaxed, play calm, play poised, you know, play our game of football. Don't don't step out into attention into them, you know. They might adversity might come, but you know, just stick with our scheme and keep it flowing and uh all things will work out. What would three and zero against the South mean to you guys? Um I don't know if it means anything, but I think it you know, it just keeps proving it to ourselves that we're the, that we can compete with anyone that we deserve to be in the Big 12. We could be in the Pac-12 and still ball with anyone. That you can put um, BYU anywhere and we'll still ball. Um, and it's just going to show everyone that, you know, we're, we're a team to be reckoned with and uh, that we're here to play some ball. You know, after a win, the questions are all positive and upbeat, but even in, in victory, things don't go perfectly. And I'm wondering, after that touchdown and you got the, the penalty for – Taking off your helmet, a rule you know, you're a veteran guy, so you knew, oh, oh, this is coming now. When it's 23-17, are you looking at the scoreboard thinking, oh, man, I'm set up to be the GOAT here. we got to seal this deal. we got to go down the field on this drive. Yeah, man, right after I did that, Fessy, Coach Fessy even talked to me, and um, I knew it, too, after I stepped off onto the sideline, after I got my emotions uh, under control that, you know, I'm a vet, you know, I've been there before. I scored many touchdowns in bigger stadiums before um, in front of bigger crowds, like, and those little things and stupid things that I can can control could hurt us. And, you know, the game's not over until the last whistle's blown and, uh, uh, blown. and towards the end of the game, when it started getting a bit closer, I kept thinking back to myself, like, damn, that penalty could really cost us right now. You know, that's just a little simple mistake that, you know, could come back to bite us in the butt, but thankfully our defense held it down and did their thing, and then offense came down to seal the deal and you know just run the clock out. You already so mentioned be a lot better. <laughs> you already mentioned the Big Twelve, and obviously that that thing came down the day before the game. That announcement. Uh, how much talk was it among the players? I mean, you won't be there when they get there, but still, the, some guys will. The younger guys will, obviously. How much discussion was there? Honestly, I don't. Um, there wasn't a lot, you know, especially with it being Utah week. Everyone was so locked in and to practices and uh, to film studying and to just picking up on those little details for the game that no one really even knew until, what was it, Friday night when Kalani told us or was it Saturday morning? Kalani, or yeah, I think it was Friday actually after practice, um, our walkthrough, Kalani came in and told us that we got accepted in the Big 12 and everyone's like, oh crap, like what the heck? Like literally like, I don't know. Everyone's just been so focused into that last game that no one really uh, paid attention to us making it into the Big 12. Samson Nakua joining us. BYU wide receiver, 2-0. Does it feel like anything's possible now? Anything. Yeah, and everyone just got to watch and see what we're about to do this year. It's going to be beautiful. Samson, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. We will talk to you again next week. Good luck. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, BYU 2-0 now. That was one of the three games we thought they'd be underdogs in. They got the win. Slight underdog against your Devils coming up next week, PK. Dream big. They'll win the next game. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no reason to think they can't win this game. It's not a world beater over there. I mean, it was 14-10 against Vegas at half, if I remember correctly. I didn't get an opportunity to watch it that much because I was paying attention to uh, obviously, at the stadium, the game in front of me was the uh, BYU-Utah. No, nothing takes uh, precedent over that, that's for sure. But this is a team that they haven't been tested, really. 
so and they've they've got their issues. I don't know how much that uh, that the, the swirling of the assistance and the recruiting has sort of calmed down a little bit. Uh, in the moment, it'll it'll pick back up. I'm sure down the line. But for now, you're thinking, hey, this team's coming in here. This team isn't any better than Utah is. I don't think they are. Maybe they will be on a given night. You never know how it shakes out. And But there's no reason to fear these guys by any stretch. So I would think that BYU is in all sorts of confidence going into this game. And have an opportunity to move to 3-0, and go to 3-0 and in the South. That, that That's sort of weird in a sense. It's fun. It's how we judge them down the line. Obviously, they'll be judged by Big 12 teams. But for this year and, and next year, not so much. And you're playing these five teams. I'm going to write about this this week. Uh, Yogi Roth said back in March that the Pac-12 can't afford to go two and three against the Cougars. Well, now they got to go uh, three and zero oh, because they're already zero oh and two. Nobody would take that bet right now, though. Well, they got Washington State out there, right? Uh, SC. Who knows what you're going to get with them? Well, that, that's so far away. Yeah. The Devils are right here at hand. They have a better idea of that, but. Yeah, I, I just really believe that this is a sign of maturity of the program, that this is where they're supposed to be in your sixth season, and you have continuity on the coaching staff. A guy like Gennaro Guilford, you know, he's been coaching there for a good while. The defensive backfield has gotten way better since he's been there. He knows what he's doing. Not that he didn't know what he was doing back then, but certainly yeah, but he's a better said, coach but now. what you said earlier, if you're in a job six years— regardless of who you are and what your job is, you ought to be better after year six than you were in year one or two. Yeah. Bronco said it because Bronco is just blunt. You know, I didn't know what I was doing then. Right. He was blunt. That's Prob- why I enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, probably not completely true, but you get the point. Well, compared he's, to where he was. Yeah. He's way better now than he was then. Yeah. And so, to me, it's a reflection of the maturity of the program. They've grown up together. First-time head coach. And... He's going to need time, and he's got time. Now we're over it, and time has come. This is the time. And you see it. Everybody around him, you know, when they when they got there, uh, they, they had issues in the program. Guys were handing out scholarships that weren't supposed to be handing out scholarships, and they were handing them out like candy at Halloween. And now they've got guys in there to clean it up and, and to know what they're about. And things, things are so – and this is what they've told me. This is what I have been told by multiple people within at high levels of the program and they know what they're doing now they've got things they still had a little bit of scholarship crunch but they have everything organized you know it's uh, like the car you know and i'm not a car guy i don't understand how cars work but <laughs> i do know when they don't work because growing up and not having a lot of money we had a lot of cars that didn't work <laughs> and, uh, uh, sometimes i would take my father's uh, he works swing shift uh, for a while, I would take his car to school, and I'd get at Greenway and 19th, and I would turn right, but I would turn off to the side because I knew it would stall, because it always stalled. Yeah. <laughs> Going around that corner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a stoplight, and and now it's all paved, but back then it was just dirt, and I would always just turn off because it would stall. And I'd have to start it up, see if it would get going again. So I know a lot about junk cars. I don't know how they work, but in the beginning, you know, it was a little bit of a junk car. Now it... Now they they're humming. They're they're doing what they're supposed to do. I'm not talking, you know, 11-1, 12-0 by any stretch, but I'm talking about being competitive. And they were even if they hadn't won that game 
Obviously, they would have been competitive. They did win it, so it's even better. And they controlled it. And when they had to have it, they got it. And they needed that field goal to push it up to a two-possession game to overcome the the Nakua's taking or Samson taking off his helmet, missing. He still should have made the extra point, but they didn't. And so you pushed it to a two-score game, and there was a huge, you could just feel it, there was a huge sigh of relief. Well, now Utah's going to have to score twice. And obviously they didn't score at all. Uh, on that, and I also thought Kalani. One of the things they said caught my eye. I thought that fourth and ten when Jaron Hall went around the uh, left side and got the first down. Huge play. He said, "I don't like thirty-yard punts." Right. That's were, awesome. And they were in that kind of no man's well, land. He literally yeah. said that. Yeah. We were in no man's land. But so many times you're in no man's land and you see them punt. They punt I anyway. I think yeah. again, the Jets yesterday. What's his face? Uh, rule for Carolina punted from the thirty-two. The thirty freaking two. You punted. In the You're going to get 12 yards. In the NFL, <laughs> you think a kicker can make that 50-yard field goal. Well, they usually do that. I don't care if he did or but didn't, but go out. for it. Yeah. Send the message to your guys. We're here to win. We're going to be aggressive. Not mm-hmm. we're going to just play passive against the Jets and their crappy team. You still and you gotta, punt from the 32? But you still got to do it. Kyle sent that message to his team. We're going to be aggressive and go for it. And they got stuffed. And BYU went the other way against oh, the Oh, BYU, Utah never makes swing. it on short and fourth and short, it seems like. No, that's been a problem. It <laughs> has been a problem for It was a problem in Weber State. Yeah. In the uh, south end zone. They didn't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get what's going on there, but they got, they got to clean that up there. But to go for it on fourth and ten, I was surprised. And then Hall, doing what he does best, man. I don't know if he's a good passer. Or a big-time passer. He's a good passer, but I don't know if he's a big-time passer. I don't know if he's going to have a 300-yard game, 350-yard game through the air. Haven't seen it yet. But what I do know is he's an incredible athlete, and we all know that. And so look at him go. And he got the first down. That was huge, just gigantic. And this program is at the level now where this is what they should be expecting to do. And next time around, if you beat these guys, ho-hum. You knew that everyone's going to storm the field. It was obvious. And I don't blame them. You hadn't won since 2009. That's a long freaking time to lose to your rival nine in a row, and nobody wanted 10 to set the record and then have to wait two years. Yeah. And Kalani, Kalani set the tone early with that beautiful reception along the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, man. I had multiple people bring that up to me yesterday. That was sweet to see him go down the sideline a little bit and make that catch. The only thing is I would have liked to seen a spike in some type of dance. He saved the dance for later. No, save it. You scored. They weren't going to catch you. You had the angle, man. You could have gone all the way, taking it to the house. Can we just never hear anyone else say, the rivalry doesn't matter, we shouldn't play the game, uh, it's up to other Kalani's line. It's up to other people to define what the rivalry meant. You know, you know what it meant to him. And if you didn't know what it meant to him, he reminded you of that post game dance. Well, that's the, it's a but, big deal. I don't care what you say. Show me. If your actions don't back it up, then it's inconsistent. We all know it's a it's a lie, or it's a convenient way to explain things because you don't want to hit the truth. So many people are scared of seeing the truth. We see it all the time. With all the stuff that's out there, we we want we want to discuss our portion of the truth, but we don't want to go A to Z. We want to make the point, and we get to about H, and that's our point. And then from what what follows after H, whatever that next letter is to that Z, would be I. Okay, well, 
I to Z is somebody else their fault. No on alphabet. Well, if I just did it, I go A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J, K. I can't recite them right off the top of my head. No. Got to get some momentum going. Yeah. All right, coming up, we got your reaction to the rivalry. A lot of you are weighing on your takes, the key parts of the game. We will get to that. We've got uh, what is trending coming up at 8 o'clock on Monday mornings, and we'll get through the day in college football. There's a lot of interesting stuff that happened. But we'll stick with the Utes and the Cougars next. Your take, 855-340-ZONE. Grab your phone, use the app, use uh, the open mic feature, and Yaka will get you on the air. And Nick Ford is going to join us at 8.30. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach at 9.30. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. For the athletic, he's Bruce Feldman. Let's start with BYU to the Big 12. It's good on all fronts, I think, for BYU. I saw this point made earlier today, and I can't disagree with it, that it might be the best basketball conference now in the country. And that is a good side perk. This was a great outcome for the Big 12, considering what happened less than two months ago with the news of Texas and OU leaving. So now you have four pretty defined brands, in BYU's case, one that is very defined. They have a big following, a big fan base, a program that is coming off a lot of success that has some visibility. I think that's a big plus for Bob Bowles being the Big 12 to bring in. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Football Fridays presented by Stonehaven Dental at Stonehaven Dental. They say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and yes to flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. The streak ends at 9. Who would have thunk it? Matt says, I did, DJ. So did PK. You did. (laughs) I thought they had a good chance. Even that Homer Hans Olsen thought the Poops would win. Hashtag rise and shout. Well, I mean, it's clear BYU is so poo- or Utah is so poo-poo. So poo-poo. That quote had to come back around. Uh, I thought they had a good chance. I didn't pick them to win, but I thought they had a good chance. I didn't see any reason why they didn't. I was surprised that they dominated. That, that to me, was very much a surprise. They controlled that game start to finish. It got... A little tense at 23-17, but then the Cougars established to reestablish very, very quickly control of the game, and then it was obvious that they were going to win. That was a surprise to me. You know, I thought things had to go their way, and if it did, I saw no reason why they couldn't win, but it wasn't that things went their way. They forced the issue. They made them go their way. They didn't really need any breaks. I don't think they got any breaks. Even the two turnovers, I think they only got three points out of. They did. Uh, So they didn't really cash in on those. It wasn't like the bowl game where they gifted Utah 20 or 30 points, whatever it was. That wasn't the situation. They controlled the game. They won in a manner that Whittingham likes to win for the Utes. Dominate the line of scrimmage. Be physically tougher than the guys in front of you. And that was what was impressive. That was the most impressive. And I agree with what Kyle said. If I had to bet if there was going to be one team that controls the line of scrimmage, I would have gone the other way. So I agree with him when he said, I would have bet the house. I don't know that a team was going to, but if it did, I would have gone with Utah. But that wasn't the case. They won that game soundly. And technically, it was very, very impressive. 
uh, the, the way I look at it. I think that uh, top three wins, if not the number one win since they've been independent, Well, the Texas wins seemed awfully big at the time. I just do that because you love this yeah. stuff. You love to go back. So I throw that out there because that will <laughs> occupy you for a few minutes. It's like raw meat. Let's go. <laughs> I would say the part about Kyle dominating the line, not as surprised what happened with the Utah offensive line. I mean, it just hasn't appeared settled. But the defensive line doesn't get pushed around like that. The defensive line doesn't give up 231 yards rushing. But yeah, That doesn't yeah. happen very often. Yeah. Yeah, they dominated. And is that because BYU has an A-plus offensive line and rushing game, and they're going to do that to a lot of people this year? Or is that flaws in the defensive line, and they aren't going to be what they were? Because I think if, if you look at what, what went wrong, coaches say the most improvement comes between week one and two. Well, Kyle told us after game one he had a list of stuff that went wrong. And I don't think you can look at this game and say they fixed any of it against BYU. Well, no, because they didn't play a game one. That only happens if you're going to play a quality team at your level. Weber is a quality team at their level for sure. But there was no game one. That's the downside of playing a, a team like that. Okay, but he says that kind of stuff year after year. Every coach look, says that right, year after year. That they makes look, it a cliche. But they look better in games two than they do in game one. They've improved a lot of that stuff and beaten BYU in games two. In game two, Cause, whatever. Because they were better. They're not better. That's why. That stuff only applies if it works. And that, that's a cliche. You bother me with cliches. Why can't you improve between game two, two and three? Because if they don't improve... Well, they better. Right, exactly. <laughs> better. So, I mean, that's nonsense. That's just what they say. And the ex-jock in basketball, you got to get out to a strong start. Take away their will. I mean, we know that's what they just go to at coaching cliches 101. They teach it. But they're still making mistakes. Yeah, they're not good enough. Penalties are penalties, and they had a massive penalty to take away first and goal early in the game. Sure. BYU had three personal fouls. And then the one they virtually penalized all the way down Down the field. field. So, I mean, that sort of evened out. Matriculate the ball down the field, boys. Or penalize the ball down the field. They weren't tough enough, which is shocking Shocking. to say for a Utah team. But it's true. It's true. In this game, they weren't. Doesn't mean uh, next week against the Aztecs down there in beautiful Carson, near the campus of Cal State Dominguez Hills, where my wife got her master's, where Scott Girard, a Utah State graduate, made fun of. Cal State Dominguez Hills. (laughs) (laughs) Go there if you want to see some diversity. All you people high on the east side uh, telling us about diversity when you have none in your neighborhoods. Go where my wife went, where we lived, if you want diversity. Uh, Because they sure have it down there in that area. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the youths can do because in Whittingham's tenure they've answered the call virtually every time when they were down and out so to speak and what are they going to do now I mean forget last year because I don't really count it but two years ago they lose to SC and Kyle said well we can win the rest and they did that was awesome they did they went eight and one and he's right as far as their goals this did nothing to take away from their goals because your goal is to win the South and to win the conference and to go to the Rose Bowl. That's 
That's the goals. And then if somebody should vote you into some dance, maybe you get to go there. But that's somebody's deciding who's sitting at a table. I want stuff that's going to, if I wanted that, I would go to your other sports that, that you have to pretend you like. Uh, I don't want judges. I want scoreboard. And so control what you can do out on the field. That can determine it and let the judges decide who uh, who's prettier or prettiest in the beauty contest. I don't care about that. Uh, but here they still have this opportunity. And the Cougars, massive opportunity. To go 3-0 and in the South, that would just be gigantic because then we would have to assume that you would go 4-0 when you get to it next month in October, right, against uh, Washington State. And then we'll see about November seems so far away right now. I mean, it'll be upon us, obviously, in a blink. But it does seem a long way away. A lot of football to be played between now and then. But to your point, they're going to be favored in a long stretch of games. And that doesn't necessarily mean all of that because they weren't favored against Utah. I think the Utes will be favored, too, in a long stretch of games. Think they're going to be favored over SC? We'll have see to how, see. I mean, see, see still, what SC does. We're yeah. still a month away from that. Uh, but I would suspect they would rebound rather well. I haven't given up on this team. I picked them 9-3. and three. I see no reason why they can't be 9-3. and three. But they're going to have to get better. The offense was pedestrian. It's the same old thing here. We were going to anoint some dude who threw some for... I mean, we're, we're basically going down the same road we went last year. And I'm big on learning from my experience. Nah. He had 87 starts in the SEC. whoop de doo And he threw for all these yards in the Big 12. whoop de doo He didn't do jack against BYU. Nothing is going to matter if the O-line doesn't get better. The passing game, quarterbacks, receivers, the running game, the O-line is going to have to be better. And the passing game is going to have to get better. And the running game is going to have to get better. They're going to have to hold on the ball. I, I'm not going to single out one aspect and put all, put this loss. Make sure you do that though, because obviously you're singling the offensive line out and virtually assigning reason for defeat on the offensive line. And we got Nick Ford coming up in 45 minutes, and I want you to address that with him. It can't. The team can't excel if the offensive line gets beat like that. And the team can't excel if the quarterback They'll, isn't good enough. That's I true mean, too. I mean, and if the receivers don't catch the football, ball, is the ultimate team game. Thomas is the offensive line going to have to get better? It. Yes, absolutely, no question. But I don't think. Uh, Charlie B just wowed me here. I mean, they went two and nine last year, right? Baylor did. Yes. Yeah, I was going. Who's they? Yes, Baylor went two and nine last year. We, we conveniently overlooked that. He wrote the whole season off. I no, mean, you no, said no that. I didn't. I wrote the whole Pac-12 season off. Don't, I did not if write you want to put words in my season. mouth, make sure you do it accurately. When you're playing eleven games, I'm not writing your season off. I'm writing the Pac-12 when you don't start till November and then you play a game and then you have two canceled. It's a wreck. I may be a little bit off base here, but I'm writing. If you want to quote me, quote me accurately. I don't care about it. You can quote me all you want, but just make sure you do it accurately. No, you're playing 11 games. You're, I'm not writing that off because if I write off Baylor season, then I got to write off BYU season. And I'm not doing that. So, no. Good try, but not accurate. So you're writing off the Sugar Bowl season two? I'm writing off he sucked Saturday night. That's what I'm writing off. How, how about his senior year in high school? You want to keep pumping him up? Go right ahead. 
I want to see what he can do now. I don't care what he did in the Sugar Bowl season. I don't care what he did in high school. I care what he did Saturday, and I care what he's going to do this Saturday because none of that stuff matters. And I agree with you 100%. The offensive line has got to provide him more time. There's no question. I am behind you. I support you all the way because that is absolutely accurate. There's no doubt about it. So I agree with what you're saying there. And the receivers are going to have to get better too. Solomon Enos, a veteran, Stepping out of bounds on a key moment in the game and coming back in, not good. But it started right at the start of the game. I mean, they had a drop on the opening series that was a first down. Agreed. So. All right, DJ and PK coming up. What is trending at 8 o'clock? Nick Ford at 8.30. Blake Anderson at 9.30. The Aggies getting a win at home down double digits again. Seems to be the way they, they roll. We'll talk with Blake about that at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Winningham. You've been doing this for a bit. You've coached in a lot of these rivalry games to the point where are you calloused or does it still feel a little different? Does this week still have a little special meaning to you? It does have a little different feel to it. Now it's a different feel than it used to have, I can tell you that. It's not quite the same as you know, when we were both in the Mountain West or the WAC and you know the game was at the end of the year and had more of a true rivalry feel back then, but it's still certainly an intense game and certainly has the attention of the entire state of Utah. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Utah RV Super Show is back at the Mount American Expo Center in Sandy, September 16th through the 19th. Join the big show Thursday and Friday from 2 to 7 p.m. and see the newest technology and latest trends in RVs. So, PK, the lines are set for next week. A few intriguing games. Clay Helton, watch. I know you read L.A. media. Everybody's upset with the Trojans. They got beat by Stanford. Bill Plasky says he should be fired already. Plasky. Plasky. Calling the (laughs) shots. Wow. Big old Bill. He's not alone. No. USC of Washington State. They get back on track. You want sure. to set a line for that one? Uh, well, Washington State, who they play Portland State this week. Yeah, they rolled them. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to what to think about them. I would say you, uh, SC by eight or nine. Eight and a half. Right in the middle. Colorado had a chance against Texas A&M. You don't see many 7-3 college football games these days, and they got the fumble at the goal line on the next to last drive, but then they gave up the touchdown and got beat 10-7. So, we don't like to hand out moral victories. Yet that felt like one. They were 17-point underdogs in that thing. They got Minnesota at home this week. Two. One. You're good, though. You're right in the ballpark. Stanford coming off that win over USC goes to Vanderbilt. Yeah, man. I go 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. <laughs> Taking them two at a time. Stanford by 11. I went 12. Yeah. Return missionaries 2-0 and last week. McKee and uh, Jaron Hall. UCLA back at it after a week off. They're 2-0. and They're hosting Fresno State. Fresno State? How about Fresno State? And Utah won't play any Power Fives. But Fresno State will. 
How about them? Huh? You like the way they beat Cal Poly? Think of Cal Poly as a power five? Didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. You're referencing I, I the game at Oregon. Obviously. Yes. I finally agree with Utah that I think it's wise to take BYU off the schedule if you're playing Florida. Now, going forward, Mark Harlan has corrected that situation. Their schedule will be much better in the non, non-con as they fall for only the second time in 11 years in the non-con. But you want to Fresno at uh, UC Los Angeles? Is that what you're saying? Yes. I'm going to go 10. And a half. I never go halves. I never, I never <laughs> think to go halves. That's good enough, though, if you're only off by half point. <laughs> Utah, the bounce-back game against San Diego State in Carson, California. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be easy. You know, Bell's a very good runner. He's pushing 300 yards, rushing almost in two games. Uh, And obviously they handled Arizona very well. Three touchdowns in eight minutes to open the game. Oh, yeah, I mean, they dominated. Blocked a punt for one of those. Uh, The Cats tackling was back to atrocious. I, I... I think Utah certainly should win, but I don't think the line is going to be that high. I think it's probably just going to be around a touchdown. The line is seven and a half. And BYU hosting Arizona State, 8-15 on ESPN, a battle of nationally ranked 2-0 teams. Well, I already saw it, so it doesn't count. No. Arizona State by two and a half. Yeah, so... I could have said it to make myself look good, but somewhere along the line, somebody pointed it out. I don't know where I saw it yesterday, so I have to. I have to just recuse myself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, there's the lines for uh, the Big Pac-12 games, and uh, it won't be long before we have to look at the Big 12 games. I guess we can give them a pass, right? Well, now. I was looking at it yesterday. I know um, it started and, already. And Saturday, there? yeah. Baylor's playing Kansas. Because Baylor is not only going to be in the league, but they're on BYU's schedule this year. Mm-hmm. I wish they could join next season. Let's get to if it. If you're going to do it, and I, and I heard that the AAC commissioner said that they'll let them out earlier. You know, I'm sure it'll come at a cost. But uh, I, if you're going to do it, do it. You know what I mean? I'd just as soon have everything be ready to go next season. Because that's what we basically did with the Pac-12 Independent. It was one season, and then we were ready to go, right? And I would love to see that, that it'd be ready to go next year. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. What is trending's coming up next? Nick Ford at 830, Blake Anderson at 930. We will get to week one of the NFL next. Stay with us.